Welcome to Happy to Be Here, your mental health starter kit podcast. This episode is dedicated to the traveler in you, whether you have a passion for traveling solo or taking love loans with you on your journey. I've been really lucky that traveling solo and with others has been such a big part of my life, but I also know how much anxiety can surface from taking on travel when you're maybe not used to it. For instance, when we spent 10 days in India, I worked on it in therapy for a few weeks beforehand because I was worried that my relationship with food would trigger my anxiety in a new country. Those dedicated sessions made a difference to how well my India trip went. On this episode, the conversation will focus on how to build your confidence up before a trip, how to nix limiting beliefs around travel only being for everyone else but you, and what tools to use if you are planning to travel. I kick off the conversation with our resident therapist, Dr. Sarah Oreck, and then bring in out-of-office co-founder and COO, Kobe Kasten. OOO is an app that gives you personalized itineraries or recs from your friends, family, or influencers you follow. I'm Vivian. This is Happy to Be Here, and here's a conversation on traveling. I'm so excited to be on another episode of Happy to Be Here. And this one, we're talking about traveling alone and the power that that can bring, but also how scary it can be if it's your first time doing it. But you're curious, you want to do it, and you just kind of don't know where to start. Um, I have Dr. Sarah Oreck here, who's going to give us her expert tips and opinions on how to build up that confidence and that muscle, particularly if you are, I think, first gen or someone who hasn't historically traveled, which I mean, for me, was such a very specific experience. Um, but Dr. Sarah Ork, I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and kind of get us started on just this conversation on traveling solo or with someone else. I'm Dr. Sarah Oreck. I'm a general and a reproductive psychiatrist. And that means that I really focus on how female reproductive hormones impact mental health. Um, I have a private practice in Los Angeles, and I'm also starting a comprehensive digital mental health program to help people through the maternity journey from preconception through postpartum called Mavita Health. I love that. And I'll make sure to link to all of your amazing links. As we dive in, tell me a little bit about that fear that can sit with us, particularly if we didn't grow up in a family where traveling was normal. Yeah. And I think, right, like I grew up in a family where traveling to where we were from, from to Colombia was normal, right? Traveling back and forth, but not really traveling anywhere else. And there's something I think with travel in general, right? Let's talk about how amazing it is in that understanding or getting a lens for how other people live in this world can help you grow so much. Or at least that's been my personal experience with travel is that it's really changed my life in so many ways. Um, But traveling alone feels like something that in, in some ways is very, you know, Western European. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's something there's... about it that's like, you're going to go alone, like backpacking through Europe? Like I can't imagine, like, you know, I, that, that's like. I mean, I grew up in an environment where I couldn't go to someone's house for like to play or a sleepover, let alone let me get on oh, a plane. Oh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sleepovers were like you'd have to vet the whole situation and the yeah. family. Right. So how the heck are you going to go to a different continent by yourself? Um, I think there's also some gendered stuff around that, right? As a woman, how are you going to do that? A thousand percent. Because you feel so disempowered, I think, and so afraid. And and it's not even your fear, I think. Sometimes it's the fear that you've inherited from your family, from the people in your family. Absolutely. Right. As a as a, a child of Colombian immigrants, it was like the world is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're right. They just lived through a civil war in their country. Right. Like the world is dangerous. The street's dangerous. All you're going to do is encounter danger, danger, danger. 
why would you go anywhere by yourself? So I think that is a lot of work that has to be done to kind of um, Mm -hmm. own personal work to kind of start to identify, well, yeah, there's some scary parts of the world and, and, and certainly it's not always safe. And I think it's important to kind of have some wherewithal about what you're doing, but the world isn't all, all danger, right? The world can be quite welcoming. How do you start circumnavigating that fear on your own? Is it working with a therapist? Is it really kind of labeling what it is that you're feeling when you have this excitement to like go to Paris, but also this fear of spending money, getting on the plane by yourself, um, going and traveling, or even if you're traveling with a friend, just the idea of that leisure time Mm -hmm. being something that you're taking? Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much there. And I think a lot of this can be worked out on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, if there is trauma in the past, if there's fears around going out because of the danger, um, there's certainly room for therapy. Um, But I do think starting small, like go to lunch by yourself. Oh, I love that. See what that's like, right? Because I think that's like the first taste. And I remember being like, you know, 18, 19, 20, and starting to do that. And like maybe when I was in college and at first being really frightened, what will people think of me if I'm here by myself? Like, what does that say about me? Can I sit here without sort of playing on my phone or having a book? And I think that's a a really great first like dip in or go to a museum by yourself, right? Have experiences with yourself and what that's like. I don't think I ever connected the dots between how much I like spending time alone (laughs) by myself in my local place of living to how confident I felt the first time I got on a plane. But you're right. Those were like the little baby steps of going to the bookstore by myself, sitting for coffee by myself that actually probably paved the road to being able to go to Ireland alone or something. Yes, yes, exactly. That is absolutely right. So I think it's, it's starting those things and they can be quite scary for people who have lived in communities or, you know, you see a lot of um, you know, especially women, mm-hmm. right, sort of stay connected to all of their friends, right? The girls in college are hanging out together. The girls in high school are hanging out together. But I think that there's a time to kind of start figuring out what it's like to be with yourself. And that can be really scary, especially if we're going through, right, either mental health issues or if we have trauma in the past, right? There's a lot of reasons why being by yourself can be difficult. But I challenge people, right, to put their devices away, because <laughs> being on TikTok and Instagram doesn't count to being with yourself and really processing what it's like to be with yourself. Because I think even though we're traveling in some ways, these experiences help us learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And they open up, like you mentioned, new worlds, which I think following that string of stuff we were talking about, when you grow up in a unit, in a family, in a culture that feels so secluded from the rest of the world because they felt like that was the only way to survive and to protect their own. It can feel like a huge culture shock to realize that people live differently, that the world moves differently, and that you're allowed to do things that you maybe didn't ever think you were allowed to do before. How do you navigate that dissonance and make sure that you don't feel like you're doing the wrong thing just because it's a new thing? Yeah, I think it's honoring and respecting like like, and you said it so beautifully, right? That's what worked or staying close is sort of how they were able to survive and that you're lucky enough that your context has changed and gratitude for, right? It's not that your parents should have been 
you know, going to every museum and telling you as a 12-year-old that you should have been more independent, (laughs) right? Like that's just what it was and that's what they had and that's what they were working with and gratitude for that and then kind of gratitude for like, well, but I get to do something different. And so what is that going to be like? I don't necessarily have to be like, right, my American peers Mm -hmm. completely, but can I sort of enjoy some of that freedom or liberty or, you know, space to to kind of travel to Ireland, let's say, um, even though maybe my mom wouldn't do this. I love how you said it. And I may write it down every single day at the top of a notebook because that's like a really positive mantra, which is like the context change. The context of your life is yes. so different than the context of your family's life. It's different than the context of your life even you know, six years prior to where you are now with disposable income, with different responsibilities, X, Y, Z thing. But I think that we don't sit with that notion enough to like sink into what our life actually looks like now. And I, and I do think that for me personally, that was the biggest unlock was like realizing the context of my life changed enough to allow me to take these trips. And even though I wish I could take my whole family with me, right? There's always that that sense, but I do think that there's also that sense of permission that I give myself to simply enjoy, right? Like we went to one of our last trips before COVID were two of the bigger ones where we went to London for two and a half weeks, my boyfriend and I, and we were just out there. We went to Paris for a night and it was, I mean, so beautiful and so cool to just be like in an Airbnb for two and a half weeks in a different country. And then the year before that, we went to India and I got to see the Taj. And it was just like this phenomenal take on, I actually get to see wonders of the world. Yes. And at the end of the day, like this is what my mom worked so hard for, to be to afford me a world that was more expansive than her own. And I do think that that is something that I sit with a lot as a woman, as a first gen, that's like my own like the permission slip I think I've written for myself that allows me to travel. But I do think that that exercise of like almost writing yourself a permission so that, that this is something you're allowed to do is so important. Yes. And I love that you're saying it in that way, right? It doesn't mean that you don't care for your family or for those of us that provide for our right sort of parents, right? It, it also, it's okay. It's okay to kind of make those decisions um, and also that that traveling can be a conscious decision that we make, right? You could probably be saving that money and using it towards something else, but that it actually, I know it's something, it's not, an, it's not a down payment for a house, right? So it goes away in some ways, but I think travel and experience are probably some of the things that you remember, not like the square footage of the apartment you buy. Mm-hmm. And it's that take on joy, that we don't often feel is a right for us, right? And I do think that that was, that's really one of the more important reasons I wanted to have an expert, particularly you on this conversation is because I think that so much can get lost in the sauce of like, when we talk about travel, it feels very white, very American, very male oriented. Very privileged. Very privileged. But that it is a something that we can save up for because joy matters and that expansiveness if you if you choose that type of expansiveness matters for you is so yes. important also to kind of not not sort of be focused on what our culture says right like buying a house and like having a mortgage mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the pinnacle of your life 
you can rent for the rest of your life and travel the world. Guess what? Mm -hmm. That sounds like a great concept. (laughs) Right. Instead of locking everything you've ever worked for, you know, in a property that might um, not keep its value. Like, I think let's like also question some of these. Right. Like, why are we so feel so guilty about spending things on experience? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because we're being told to to use our money in other ways. And really challenging that perception is what then allows you to decide for yourself, do I want to travel or do I not? Do do I want to put my dollars in this or my time in this and do I not? And really feeling like we have some autonomy around it and not just like we're being told what to like what is next and what the proper thing to do is. Mm -hmm. And tapping into the sense of agency really does make a difference when you're deciding whether or not you want to travel because it's that same sense of agency and confidence that you turn to when you're in a pickle and you're lost somewhere in a different country. But I think there's so much around um, the challenges with finances, talking about money, thinking about money, especially for first generation, especially for women. Um, But I think it's time to sort of take some autonomy about like, yeah, well, maybe you don't have to, you know, blow all your money on a new wardrobe and instead you can go somewhere. And you can have that experience and not feel guilty about it. I think if we were to kind of wrap the conversation on the tip side of this conversation, it really is anchored on how do you make sure that you're asking yourself the right questions around why you want to travel and where you want to travel. Write yourself that permission slip and really sit with the fact that this is something that is also you're right, right? It seems like everyone else's privilege, but it is something that can be your right if that is where joy finds you. Yeah. And I, and I want to say, right, it doesn't have to be, and this is where I think Instagram and comparison culture really fails us. It doesn't have to be the opulent, right, yacht in the Mediterranean to be exciting. It can also be a trip to a different state, right, that you've never been to. That's just a car drive away, and an Airbnb, right? To be an adventure, to be new, right? Like how many people have not experienced the beauty of like the Southwest of the United States yes. or are or, or, or the beautiful national parks that we get to experience here? And I think those are good examples of like, it doesn't have to be so luxe to still be a really great experience. Now, it may not be like as Instagrammable <laughs> as some other people's vacations, fine, but like, that's not what matters. What matters is the experience you get to have, right? The new people you get to meet, right? The food you get to taste. Everything about how it fills you up, right? And you only learn what kind of travel fills you up by traveling. There's something magical about going somewhere like Mumbai that is full of cars and you're like, yeah, no, like I am not a city girl. I, <laughs> I am not. But I love the idea of being, but then you give and take, right? You're like, okay, the traffic made me anxious. Yeah. But the level of culture and presence and people and like the vibrancy is life-changing. Made Mumbai one of like one of the best places I've ever visited. But like I wouldn't have known that had I not volunteered myself into that experience and trying something new. And it's what you were saying too, like you can start so small, right? Mumbai was not the first trip off my list. It was like I went to Austin, right? Like, right. Explore. Like, if you live in the United States, explore this country. There's a lot to it. Um, and I think sometimes we forget about that as we're drawn into right, really exotic places. But I also have to say, right, I, I, I can afford a little bit more now and I travel a little bit differently, but I can remember some of my best trips were when I was 
backpacking, right, and sleeping in, I can't believe it, in a hostel where there was like other strangers <laughs> sleeping in bunk beds, right? And now I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But mm-hmm. really there's there's so much, there's such an array, right, and diversity. And I actually think of those trips with so much um, joy yes. of what they gave me. And yes, maybe that wouldn't be so great for me at this point in my life. But like, I, I do think that there is such a big um, spectrum of the type of travel and the money spent on this travel. But I think it's also worth noting that because I think a lot of people think especially international travel is just like way too expensive, right? Way too inaccessible. But I actually think that, that you know, airfare, unfortunately, is very expensive right now. But I think the other pieces don't necessarily have to be that expensive. No. And I think that when you start learning your own habits when it comes to traveling and taking those baby steps, you figure out how and when you like to travel, right? I think, I don't think I have ever spent going towards Europe more than 500 round trip on a ticket because I buy it close, like for farther enough away where I'm yeah. getting the deal still, right? And then once you get to London or like one of the main hubs, you're paying, I mean, I think our train from London to Paris for both of us was 80 bucks. Yeah, great public transportation. <laughs> and it was like the most romantic, beautiful view on that train from London to Paris and Paris to London. And so I think you learn to travel with Finn, but those are only things that happen as you take those baby steps and you realize yes. like this is something that you want to do today and that it's something that you can do today if that is a, like something that's really pulling at you. Um, we're going to have a guest on in this episode too who is the founder of Out of Office and together they kind of, the platform helps people, anyday people, pull together different itineraries of their favorite places and share them with friends or with followers. And I think that that's Love a it. great way to travel because it also makes you feel a little bit more safe and per- like, oh, this person recommended this restaurant. Yes, I know I can trust yes. that. That's right. That's right. I think I think experiences, right, knowing where locals go so you're not just in tourist traps um, can be such a great – and that feels like, right, it's almost built on a friend's itinerary. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have – your friend didn't have to go there, but that's a fantastic – I can't wait to hear more about that. And with that, we will jump into that section of the podcast. But Dr. Sarah Orrick, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Up next, my conversation with the Out of Office co-founder, Kobe Kasten. Really excited to be here with Kobe Kasten. I feel like I have been reliving this entire week as a Monday and it's Wednesday. So that just about tells you how the year started off on here. <laughs> I hear you on that. Yeah, I'm excited to be here with you and for you to kind of walk me through a little bit of what you guys are building out and how it can be helpful, particularly for those who are wanting to travel more this year, um, especially solo, which I think is like something that was really interesting to me when I learned more about you all. Yeah, absolutely. So we have built a platform, like you said, it's called Out of Office, and we are a recommendation platform where you can see the best places to eat, stay, things to do. You can get travel itinerary and our editor roundups. You can see where your friends are going. And it's all through a lens of what are the recommendations from people you might know and people you trust. And so it's kind of like a mix between a trip advisor and an Instagram because we're really trying to take the recommendations that you might get online. But um, we've predicated the whole business on you care about what your friends say. So let's get recommendations, not from a random person that you've never met before, but from your Mm -hmm. friend, you know, their taste, you know, that your taste aligns with their taste. So that's 
what out of office is. My first contact with it actually was probably through an influencer who shared maybe their itinerary or something, but it's the first time that I learned about the platform itself. And I thought it was such a smart idea from your perspective too, right? Which is this, oh, someone I trust, an influencer or a friend can tell me where to go if I'm visiting Paris. And that'll make me feel a lot less alone, especially if I'm traveling with a group of girlfriends or alone. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think to your point, especially if you're traveling alone, you want to know that you're going somewhere safe. You're going somewhere that Mm -hmm. you will feel comfortable. You're already, when you travel, you're already out of your element, right? And so I think that's why um, it's so important to get trusted recommendations. So you can feel like, okay, this place has been vetted by my friend Vivian. Mm -hmm. I know Vivian, she wouldn't tell me to go somewhere sketchy. And so I'm going to go to this place because Vivian recommended it. And there's already sort of a component of trust even before you've, you know, gone to the location that's being recommended. Walk me through that experience, like that user experience. I'm signing up for that for the first time. What am I coming across? Because it seems like there's such a holistic um, approach to it, not just from like, here's the way you can look at the itinerary, but the community aspect seems really interesting too. Yeah, for sure. So when you download the app and sign up, you'll go through an onboarding flow, which will be a series of questions where we ask you about your travel style. Uh, And then we also, you know, match you with friends from your contacts that might already be on the platform. And then we start to suggest, based on those questions you've just answered, people that have similar travel style to you. And so a lot of what we're building is a recommendation engine where we can say, we know something about you, Vivian. We know about your travel style. We know about this restaurant in New York you liked. And so therefore, we could recommend other restaurants that you might like. We could recommend other people that you might want to follow and other trips you might want to take. Because again, we have some insight into you personally, and we use that to inform personalization within the product. That's amazing. How do you vet safety when it comes to things like that? I feel like that would be one of my bigger um, concerns against anything when I'm searching for um, travel recs is how do I make sure that if I'm traveling, I tend to travel alone when I'm going through Europe and I like it, right? I'm like the, let me jump on a bus, figure out where I go next. Um, It was probably Dublin was one of my favorite places to do that because you just hop into so many different places when you when you're able to, but how do you make sure that there's a level of safety in the recommendations that you're putting out there or that are curated through the app so that someone who is traveling or maybe trying to travel for the first time or with that lens feels a lot safer in making those decisions? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that's why, you know, having the platform be, again, sort of predicated on a network of people you know and trust to inform safety, right? Because it's like, if I go on TripAdvisor, someone could post a recommendation. I don't know this person. So what's safe to that person could not be safe to me. You know, I'm a mom, I have young kids. But if my friend and business partner, Jan, my colleague, who we built this platform together, posts something and is like, I loved it. It's great for kids. It's super safe. I would trust that. And so I think, again, the lens of it's trusted recommendations from people you know informs the safety aspect that you're speaking to. If you happen to join the platform and you don't have any friends who have used it before or there's like a learning curve between that, it's really cool to know that that editor list exists and so does like the influencers that may be on there that um, have a 
sense of similarities between you and like your travel style. Yeah, absolutely. And like even, you know, without friends, you'll have the editor list and you'll also have this recommendation engine. So the content you'll start seeing when you first join the platform is all picked specifically for you based on what we know about you when you went through our onboarding process. That learned algorithm must make it so much fun to also pick where you want to travel next, right? Because I may go in and say, well, I know that I want to go to London next year, but then it may take me on the similar trip based on my recommendations or the recommendations to like Singapore or something, which can be a really great way to kind of continue to expand your your lens of travel. Totally. I think, you know, our intention with Out of Office is to really bring you through the whole process. We want you to start with mm-hmm ideation, daydreaming. It's like, I want to, I think about my next trip when I'm on a trip. I'm like that person where I'll be on vacation and literally be like, okay, where am I going to go next? There's no place that I've ever like been able to like start daydreaming about a trip, maybe Mm -hmm. Instagram or TikTok even. But I think as it relates to what are the places I want to see and where, what hotel am I going to stay at? Like, I've never found a platform where I could start that daydreaming process. And that's really what we want to be with Out of Office. You can come to the platform, start daydreaming, and then it'll take you all the way through sort of planning and ultimately booking as well. As we start wrapping up the conversation, what else can someone turn to if or what their first step should be if they're looking to travel for the first time this year? Yeah. I mean, obviously download out of office. You can find us in the app store. We will be in the uh, Google play and available for Androids as well later this year. Um, Amazing. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at take me out of office. So shameless plug, download out of (laughs) office, follow us. There's great travel recommendations on there. And then I think it's just, you know, familiarizing yourself with the place you're going. It's always good to do your homework. Mm -hmm. I think shifting your mindset away from you have to have this big budget. There's so many ways you can travel that are more affordable, whether that's, again, going close to home or maybe spending less on a hotel. It doesn't have to be a like all out budget in order to travel. It's so important to um, be able to see other people's lives and how other people live and have empathy and compassion for people all around the world. And so travel is much bigger, you know, it's much bigger than us. A thousand percent. And that's a really nice way to start to wrap up the conversation. Kobe, thank you so much for joining me today and bringing so much of what you guys are doing out of office to the happy to be here community. I'll add all of the pertinent links to our show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, or share Happy to Be Here with a friend if you can. And let me know if this inspired you to travel somewhere new, no matter how close or how far. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.